0: Welcome to another in our series of Kehillat Israel podcasts. This is a recording of Rabbi Amy Bernstein's weekly Friday morning Torah study.
1: We are in Parshat Korach this morning, so any of y'all who have been studying this stuff for any length of time, we know immediately, right, Korach is about the rebellion against Moshe and Aharon. It's actually two stories that are put into one story. So two different traditions put into one. One is the uh, attack on Moshe by Datan and Aviram. They are challenging the authority of Moshe. And Korach and his folks are challenging the uh, Kehunah, the priesthood of Aaron, and the authority that comes with the priesthood. So those are two different things that are happening, but they're put into one story. And we can see the seams very clearly. Uh, you, you can so you can separate the texts out and have two completely different narratives very easily. Um, so uh, we're going to focus mostly on um, the end of that story. We're, it, we're at the second. We're in the second part of the triennial cycle, which brings us to the end of the actual rebellion story. Because then there's stuff that happens at the very end of the parsha um, that's uh, different, that has that that connects to this but isn't about the rebellion and its aftermath. So we, last year, studied the whole rebellion. What was the motivations? What was happening? Why is God and Moshe so angry? What's going on? What's the problem? Uh, and so we're not going to look at that today. We're not going to worry about the rebellion right now. We're going to focus on the end of the rebellion, the aftermath of the rebellion, and then this miracle uh, that happens with the flowering of Aaron's staff And uh, what our tradition has done with what that might mean, and if you think that's going to be a simple thing, I have a graph. (laughs) All right, so I know we're going to get we're going to get into it. All right, so because of course our Kabbalistic tradition, our mystical tradition, took this and ran with it, and we don't see another flowering staff episode anywhere in really uh, Jewish literature, but we do in Christian Mm -hmm. stories
0: which is interesting. All
1: right. 1620. uh, 16... No, actually, we need to back up. Um, Let's back up to 1616, actually, to get into this. All right, so Korach has 250 leaders with him who are Questioning the authority of, if we read the the United story, questioning the authority of Moses and Aaron. So this is an an out-and-out rebellion against their authority. So verse 16, Robert, you want to read? I know Robert has to leave early, so so, um, Rita's going to read this morning.
0: And Moses said to Korah, Tomorrow you and all your company appear before Adonai, you and they and Aaron. Each of you take his fire pan and <coughs> lay incense on it, and each of you bring his fire pan before nine, two two hundred and fifty fire pans. You and Aaron also bring your fire pans. Each of them took his fire pan, put fire in it, laid incense on it, and took his place at the entrance of the tent of meeting, as did Moses and Aaron." Harak gathered the whole community against them at the entrance of the tent of meeting. Keep going. Then the presence of Adonai appeared to the whole community, and Adonai spoke to Moses and Aaron, saying, Stand back from this community that I may annihilate them in an instant. But they fell on their faces and said, O God, source of the breath of all flesh, when one member sins, will you be wrathful with the whole community? Go on. And I spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the community and say, Withdraw from about the abode of Korah, Dathan, and Abiram. Moses rode, rose and went to Datan and Abiram, the elders of Israel, following him. He addressed the community, saying, Move away from the tents of these wicked fellows and touch nothing that belongs to them, lest you be wiped out for...
1: For all their sins. So they withdrew
0: from the abode. All right,
1: we're going to stop there for now. But we're going to need to hook this first part at 16. We're going to need to hook that to something that comes after what we just read. Right? So hang on to what happens at 16. Um, So what happens at 16? Here comes this whole... Challenge to Moshe and Aharon. And so Moshe says to Korach, so Korach and his company, his company is the 250 leaders, Moshe says, does Moshe go to God and say, okay, what do you want me to do here? Like, how do you want to make it clear that you've chosen us as your leaders? No. No. Moses says to Korach, Tomorrow, you and all your folks are going to appear before Yudhei You and them and Aharon. And each of you will take your fire pan and lay incense on it. And each of you bring that before Adonai. 250 fire pans. You and Aharon also bring your fire pan. So what, and we don't get told anything else at this point. What's Moshe's plan? God didn't say any of this. This is coming right out of Moshe's head. What's Moshe's plan? Well, it
2: sounds like sacrifice with fire pans.
1: So fire pans, you're going to do an incense offering. What what does that do?
2: Summons, summons God to be there.
1: Summons God to be there. So God, so Moshe's saying, take your fire pans, all y'all, and Aaron will take his, and you're going to offer incense on it tomorrow before God, and then God's going to appear in what? Choose. And choose. Okay. So what would that look like? God's going to say, okay, y'all. It's Aaron. Is that what that's going to look like? I mean, it feels, it feels a little odd. Set up. Show me a sign, right? Make a sign that Aaron's the one, right? Do something, God. But Moshe doesn't do that. This is the first year, and I've read this for 25 years right, or more, right? I mean, I grew up with these texts. So never in my life until I read a certain commentary this year, which is why we should never think... We should, we, right? We ever need to stop looking for new interpretations of a parsha? Never before had it been pointed out to me. What happened with Nadav and Avihu?
0: I, that's what yeah. I just kept thinking about. They went up without being told, and they got too close. They to got too close. Them. They got zapped.
1: Well, it's not that they got too close. Well, they they came with an offering that they were not supposed to on their own. They came with an offering that was unauthorized. unauthorized. Exactly. And what happens when you have incense and fire pans and you bring an offering that's unauthorized? A fire goes out from before Adonai and consumes them. Now talk to me about what Moshe is (laughs) saying.
0: Could he be sacrificing them? That's horrible. Let's turn, we well, see a let's see side. who's
2: bringing alien fire.
1: <laughs> so, if that's the case, and Moshe is confident that Aharon is God's choice, what is Moshe essentially
2: eliminating the competition? Yes, during? we see a lot of manipulation horrible. and corruption. <laughs>
1: He's
0: wow. never
1: ahead. before had I thought. Ooh, okay, right. He he knows what happened to Nadav and Avihu. Yeah, that's
0: already happened. He doesn't
1: go to God and say, "Give them a sign that Aharon is the high priest."
0: Mm-mm.
1: He decides. You know what? You want to tempt you? Okay, you want to be priest? No problem. Bring your fire pans. Yeah, yeah,
0: okay. mm-hmm.
1: All 250 of you, bring your fire pans. Exactly. Knowing exactly what's going to happen. What's going to happen? So in this case, it's kind of like Moses as mass murderer, as a fixer, as a fixer. This is quite the level of fixing, right? To publicly have consumed 250 of your challengers, right? Um, so quite the level of. I mean, this is not Ray Donovan. Like this is not something done like on on Mel, you know, on you know Mulholland in the middle of the night. This is quite a public. It's yes. a power given to the head. It's a, a little bit of corruption and power play. You get power crazy. So I'm just I'm just putting it out there that I had never made that connection before. Mm-hmm. That he, okay. he doesn't ask God. This comes from Moses. Moses knows what happened to Datan and Aviram, and that's what, what that's what he decides is the challenge, because he knows. Boom. They're going to be. Gone. Now it will be by God that they will be gone, not by Moses. Right. Right. His hands are clean. Um, so in that sense, he's just kind of set them up, and God will consume because that's what happens when you bring
0: right
1: zarah. When you bring fire that's not authorized, what you you set off the nuclear explosion.
2: Does aish mean fire? Yes. yes. Okay. Yes. Aish torah right. Yes. Yeah. Fire, fire. fire yeah. So Aaron is also bringing the fire pan. Yes. So there's
0: really a choice there for God.
1: Yes. So presumably, if Aaron is not consumed by that fire, then by definition, his incense offering is authorized. Right? Mm-hmm. Alright. So, um, it's just a new side of Moshe. We talked about this in senior staff, and Haim was horrified horrified he said can- absolutely cannot be Moshe Rabbeinu absolutely not right so it's interesting like the ways we get attached to our heroes and our characters and and I said to him I said you know so you, you've just proven that the rabbinic agenda worked right the rabbis are the ones that took Moshe and made him Moshe Rabbeinu we've studied a different Moshe in here than most people ever get most people do not know Moshe the way you do because they don't sit with these texts they don't make this connection, right? It's Moshe, the prophet of God, is doing the just work of proving Aaron legit, right? It's, we know a different Moshe. Yeah.
2: This and is Moshe's feet in the dirt.
1: That this possibly is Moshe eliminating the competition. He's completely fed up, right? Um, which is interesting, since he, in a moment, is going to beg, right, for the life of others. But, but, but there's a difference because they're not. Challenging him, um, but so anyway, it's it's an interesting read on Moshe and to what lengths even our greatest leaders will go when they're pushed to the wall, right? Um, okay, so take your fire pans, yada yada da da da. So then, the, the what happens in uh, verse nineteen? Kavod Adonai appears. Yes? The the glory, the essence, the what do we what do we use for that? The presence of God appears before Kohaida, all of the community. And God speaks to Moshe and Aaron in front of everybody and says, "Stand back so that I may annihilate them." All right. So that's already kind of interesting. Like what God can't work it out
2: <laughs> Just to get
1: around them. Moses? <laughs> like, y'all need to move so that I can zap them? Like, wh- what's well, that about? They make
2: them better. But he said, stand They're away from it, too. Huh? They can see it better, away from and see the power. But it's, it's Moshe and
1: Aaron. and Aaron. Separate yourselves from this community so that I can annihilate them
2: nobody thinks that Moses and Aaron were really involved that way because they have moved away.
1: So then it's clearer that it's God. Yes. Okay. Um, I think also there's an element here of separating out from the rabble or you know, like you separate yourselves from them because I'm getting ready to let it fly. You, in general, separate yourselves from this community. So God is, in essence, asking Moses, we've seen this before, get out of the way, separate yourselves from them, so that I can separate you from them. So that I can deal with them and not have to deal with you. Is he
0: dealing with the whole community that belongs to the out of the other
1: this seems to be the entire community of Israel. God is saying, Get out of the way. I'm about to take care of the whole community. And so, I don't know, I'm not making this very clear. It's like God is saying, I can't do that if you're part of the community. You need to separate yourself, cut yourselves off from them, disidentify, unidentify with them. In essence, that gives God permission. To destroy the community. What's the answer? They fell on their faces. They did not get out of the way. They fell on their faces. That is the appropriate response to catastrophe, to to show obeisance, to show your powerlessness in the face of someone greater than you, of more authority. They fall on their faces. That is the absolute correct move. And they say, Oh God, source of the breath of all flesh, when one person sins, will you be wrathful with the whole community? <clears throat> so once again, if you are a just God in any way, you can't annihilate the whole community. Not everybody signed the petition.
2: <laughs>
1: Not everybody was part of this. Are you, aren't you the God of every single living thing? So, it's usual Moshe, challenging God to be better than God's own base instincts.
0: Moses knows God.
1: Moses knows God pretty well and knows how to get to God, right? Like, what will they say about you? What will the Egyptians say about you if you do this, right? So, Moshe know, or Moshe's going to try every trick he knows, right?
0: He almost like Saddam of Gomorrah.
1: Yes, that's right. And so, this is the Moses fighting for the people, risking his own relationship with the divine, calling out God for on behalf of the people. That's very different from the Moshe who just condemned 250 right. people to be incinerated. Yeah,
0: what's up with that? <laughs> what's
1: up with that? Tell me the deeper question.
0: It's...
2: How is that it's just not nice.
0: Uh, well, it's definitely not nice, but, but <laughs> it's so it disingenuous, my God. What is? To then to, to have all these sort of lambs to the slaughter and then, then to be mighty and intervene on their behalf because you're so magnanimous. No, oh. he's
1: not intervening on their behalf. He's intervening on the congregation's behalf. Okay. He, the 250 people are running to get their fire pans. Okay,
0: so they're not members of the congregation. It does, it, they
1: have a different fate waiting for them.
0: Okay.
1: Or, or they're standing there with everybody else. It doesn't matter. Moshe is Moshe is concerned about the innocent people that are about to get obliterated, okay. which is separate from the fire pans. Okay. Fire pans are tomorrow, right? <laughs> with those 250 people. Right now, God is threatening to destroy all of them. And, and, and Moshe's saying, if one person sins, are, are you going to destroy the little children too? Right, so, so that's who Moshe's defending here. All right, so God spoke... Okay, so have we read this yet? Yes, so withdraw. God says to Moshe, speak to the community. All right, I'm going to mitigate the circumstances, God says. Then tell them to get away from Korach, Datan, and Aviram they need to separate themselves from those folk or they will be consumed along with these guys. Right? So move away from the tents of the wicked. Right? These, these troublemakers. Harushayim. Right? The evildoers. Move away from their tents and don't touch anything that belongs to them. Right? It is now taboo. Everything that they own is now taboo. So
0: now we're talking just about the three of them. Don't they have followers? Yes.
1: Move away from all of them. <clears throat> um, presumably, their folks will stay with them. All right. So they did. They withdrew. Hi, Jim. All right. So so then Datan and Abiram come out. They come out with all their people, right? Uh, and Moshe basically says, if y'all are wrong, if you die a natural death, Fine. But if you die an unnatural death, then you know your questioning of my authority, of me, Moshe, is wrong. And the ground opens up and swallows all of them, all of their stuff, and they go down into Sheol. Sheol. This has never happened before. It's never been seen before. Verse 32. And the earth opened its mouth and swallowed them up with their households, all Korach's people, and all their possessions. They went down alive into shale with all that belonged to them. The earth closed over them, and they vanished from the midst of the congregation. Now, what did that serve to accomplish on behalf of the people? Verse 34. Rita, read
0: it, please. Um. All Israel around them fled at their shrieks, for they said, the earth might swallow us.
1: Okay, so this all this does is now create panic, panic. on behalf of the people. Is it, Now they're freaking out that the ground might open up and swallow them, right? All right, so that's the situation when, go on.
0: And a fire went forth from Adonai and consumed the 250 representatives offering the incense. Adonai spoke to Moses, saying, Order Eliezer, son of Aaron, the priest, to remove the fire pans, for they have become sacred, from among the charred remains, and scatter the coals abroad. Remove the fire pans of those who have sinned at the cost of their lives, and let them be made into hammered sheets as plating for the altar. For once they have been used for offering to Adonai, they have become sacred. And let them serve as warning to the people of Israel. Eliezer the priest took the copper fire pans, which had been used for offering by those who had died in the fire, and they were hammered into plating for the altar, as Adonai had ordered him through Moses. It was to be a reminder to the Israelites so that no outsider. Not one of Aaron's offspring should presume to offer incense before I and suffer the fate of Korach and his man.
1: One not of Aaron's offspring, right? Should never presume to offer incense. Okay. Okay. So here we have exactly what Moshe envisioned. Right. I missed something. Didn't Moses
2: destroy the two hundred and fifty
0: before this happened? No. What did he destroy and why was he evil? What? Bad he didn't destroy. He
1: didn't. He said, "Take your fire pans, and tomorrow you're going to offer incense before God." Yeah.
0: And he knew they did. Knowing what was going to happen. Yes,
1: yes. That because he knows what. That's what we're talking about. He knew what happened to Nadav and Avihu when they did that. And so that is what he is now setting. If you're reading my cynical interpretation, that it's my new reading for this year anyway, um, if we read it as a cynical act, not a cynical act, but a, an act of Moshe to preserve, right, his authority, then he's setting up the, the burning of 250
0: rebels. And now okay. we repurposing, recycling and repurposing. So here, so here we go.
1: So let's, let's look at this.
0: Which is very interesting. So
1: a fire went forth from God and consumed the 250 men offering the incense. No surprise there. Even if we don't remember Datan and Aviram. If Moshe sets up a comp, a contest, bring your fire pans and Aaron's going to bring his. What, what do we really think is going to be you fail? Oh, your fire pan turns to Plato? Like what? We're not shocked, right, that this is the result, right? All right, they bring their offering, phew, there goes the fire that happens when you bring an incense offering that's unauthorized. Then this very interesting ketah here. God says to Moshe, order Elazar, son of Aaron, so order the second in line, to remove the fire pans why is he removing the fire pans?
0: Because
1: now they become yeah, Kadeshu! They are yeah. Kadosh. How are they Kadosh? Because
2: they were touched by God.
1: Did they? Ha 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 ha. Yeah. ha ha. So here comes the question Are they Kadosh because God had something directly going on with them? What could you argue?
2: What he had going on.
1: That it's not about God. Right. I mean, you could argue, okay, God has, God's fire has yeah. melted these things. They are now touched by God. Therefore, they are kadosh. But that's not, a, that's not what it seems to suggest when it says, they have, for they have been used for an offering to vav Vaveh. They have become sacred. What does that suggest? Just think about the 250.
2: Well, it was the
0: 250 that were the problem, not making an
1: offering. With innocence. They didn't know they were being pure. So that, this seems to suggest that God believes that the 250 were legit. That they were legitimately offering incense, not knowing the outcome. That they were not rebelling against God. Mm -hmm. They were rebelling against Aaron or maybe Moshe as the prophet who says God wants Aaron as the high priest so this business of them being kadosh seems to suggest that the 250 were devout right their intention their intention was to make an offering and to be chosen
0: not like right. a dove and' a bee.
1: Well, we don't know about Nadav and Like, the rabbis want to be because they need to justify what happens to them. The rabbis are like, they're arrogant, they're selfish, they didn't ask anybody. Yeah, I mean, Who do they that think that they are? Where was about Moses?
0: Their, what about their pen?
1: But some people say Ma- Nadav and got exactly what they wanted. they wanted. They were making an offering. They wanted to be closer to God. Yeah. They went and did something on their own, and that's exactly what happened. Ha- meaning, meaning they, were, they were pure in their devotion and in wanting to offer. They just went about it in a way that got them consumed.
0: This God made a mistake? I mean, he that he not have
1: No, it seems, no. God, if you're, ask me my usual interpretation of this stuff, right? So this seems to support my usual reading of what happened with Nadav and Avihu, that God is like, if you bring an unauthorized, Offering, You're not the high priest. This is not something you are entitled to do. I can't help what happens to you. But
0: he caused it.
1: He? We don't know that. What we know is a fire goes out from before Adonai. Right? Let's go back to nada and A fire goes out, milifne Adonai, from before God. So it seems in some ways God is not condemning them entirely here.
2: Well, the fire came out from God. Because
1: that's what happens. They set that off. They tripped the wire. And then God, it's not on, it's not an act of will. It is the result of what happens when unauthorized offerings are brought. We've talked about this about the nuclear power plant. If you go in there with a suit that is not up to par, what happens? You are irradiated. That's just what happens. And so, which is very, it's just, I think it's a support for that reading, right? To say, God doesn't say they're bad, but clearly God understands they're wrong. And they're wrong at the cost of their own lives. But their intention is such that those
2: firepans are kadosh. What's puzzling to me about this story is, what are we to learn from this story? Hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: I don't know, Judas. Do you think, think we might go there at some point?
2: <laughs> the not there yet. <laughs> <laughs>
1: not there yet. But already
0: we see that once Moses was in power, that sometimes people in power uh, become corrupt. Uh, you
2: know, we like to think of
1: Moses as, as this wonderful person, but we see that he's already now playing these people. So, so like, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure that. I'm ready to go to corrupt. I don't know. Not pure. If I knew there was a group getting ready to attack the authority, you know, uh, that we respect as the authority, would I take steps to make sure they were obliterated before they attacked? Probably. If I were in charge. It would trickery. If I, if I were in charge. Like, I, right? I mean, I, so I'm not going to go so far as to say corrupt. It is a different side of Moses than we're... Used to seeing, but I think it's always there, right? I think there's always this, because because when Chaim and I were arguing about it um, in senior staff, Chaim said, "You know, I think he's the shepherd. That's really the true Moses." I said, "How did he get to be a shepherd?" Well, he had to run away from Egypt. What did he have to run away from exactly. Egypt for? Why did he have to run away? Because he murdered somebody. <laughs> like, like this has always been. That's always been there with Moshe, right? Like, don't don't push him too far
0: far.
1: and now you're coming after his brother do I just (laughs) Mm -mm.
2: yes if one thing is here it's that Moses is human we don't have to confuse Moses relationship with God as Moses being God correct Moses still has his humanity to him, and he makes a lot of mistakes. But so does God, according to this story. <laughs> right. And look, I'm not even going to say it's a mistake. Yeah. Right. I'm
1: telling you, like, I, it's, it's, it's a new reading. I'm still playing with it. But I don't know that he makes a mistake. But He's got 250 people ready to come after Aaron's priesthood, and he takes care of business. And It's done. And the firepans are kadosh. So is it and there's no indication he's made a mistake. I
0: help look at this and reach some kind of conclusion. I'm i mean, seeing God saying, Hey, don't blame me. These are the rules. You didn't follow the rules. But then are the people saying, wait, God, these are your rules you have said since we really are holy, let's
2: not consume It's almost taking God and putting Him in in this position
0: of saying, "I'm going to kill people because they had a traffic violation."
1: Okay, so they really
0: were good people,
1: uh, right? So I'm going to stay with you on that. I promise. So there's a big busload of people, a Greyhound (laughs) bus. They don't follow the traffic laws. They go through a red light. What happens? They hit a Mack truck. That's not on the person who made the rules. That's on the fact if you don't follow the traffic laws, something terrible is going to happen. I taught you to stop at red lights because I love you and I don't want you to die. So stop when you see a yellow Unlike some of us. My child at four was like, what does yellow mean? Yellow means go faster. (laughs) (laughs) No, but but what am I going to say? Everything you've seen as evidence in your life is wrong. So so when you see a yellow light, slow down. Because if you go through that red light, if you break the laws of the traffic situation, you're going to get everybody killed. And that's what happens here.
0: So God okay, so. don't no power to change the rules to save these two
1: Right, because why, why would you do that? Why would you teach people the rules and then go, okay, well, the rules don't really hold. I think I can accept that, but I'm then having trouble with
2: why would he say, <clears throat> but you're really nice folk. I just killed you, and I'm going to make your offerings part of the of meeting.
1: So, okay so, so let's go there so that's where Judith wants to go what the heck what the heck does it mean so now there's going to be a sheet they're going to be hammered into a plating for what for where, where does it go on the altar what happens on the altar sacrifices, sacrifices. how did those fire pans get melted
0: Sacrifices
1: that were unauthorized so on the altar where your sacrifices will be offered, you are going to have an oat. What is an oat, Rita? A sign,
0: a, sign, a symbol.
1: A sign. So what are some other oats that we have?
0: Letters.
1: No, no, no. Oat, oh, that an actual oat. Oh, okay.
2: Burning bush.
1: No?
0: Yeah.
1: No. <laughs>
2: A cloud? no, no. Is oh. a or...
1: This is where the word is used, people. I don't make this stuff up. <laughs> Usually. An oat. Where do we get an oat? What is going to be an oat? Shabbat. The Shamru oth leolam. It is an oat forever. Circumcision is an oat in the flesh. A sign of what?
0: belong to your The covenant, covenant.
1: Yeah. that you belong to the people of the covenant. Breed mila is an oat in the flesh. So tell me about the character of oat usually. Something good. Something good. An oat is a positive thing. Shabbat is a wedding ring between us and God. It's a a wedding ring is an oat. It's a symbol, a sign, forever of our special covenantal relationship. So Shabbat is our Oat with God, as is Brit Milah in the flesh. So when we say Oat, oh, there's another Oat that you know of from the flood story.
2: Rainbow.
1: Rainbow huh. is an Oat. What is it an Oat of?
2: Promise.
1: The promise of
2: peace.
1: that I will never destroy the world by flood again.
2: <laughs>
1: right? So, um, so very fine lines. We have to read very carefully, right? Always read very, read the fine print. By flood, all right. So, Rebo Shabbat Brit Milad, These are the most positive signs, signs of a, a relationship ever. What's our oat now? This is an oat. Uh, no, no, in our in our text. What's the oats? The, the, the pans.
0: The pans. The, pans. So, so the shield, they became shield. <coughs> yeah. The, the cover. So let me you see better. if I have this right. <laughs> <laughs> God causes 250 people to, to, to go down the rabbit hole. Um, um, the 250 are
1: burned. The other folks go down.
0: Okay. Um... No way you can look at it for those two fifty or for those other folks as a good thing. Correct. Okay. And then he said, "I'm going to take the pan, uh, the offering, often-
2: mm-hmm. of
0: and make that into something holy."
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, no, no, no. Yeah, I'll, I'll go with you wherever you want to go. Except we got to be clear. They are. Kadosh.
0: Okay, they are Kadosh.
1: That's why they have to be pulled out and made into something else Kadosh, because they're already Kadosh.
0: There seems to me to be a a problem with sacrificing a whole bunch of people going down uh, the rabbit hole and killing them on the one hand and saying what they had or what they own what they were bringing, is automatically holy. They're, they're,
1: I they're, understand. There's a, there's a, Several of you are having this problem. I totally, a, there's a, there's I totally understand. I totally understand. So the only way I can help you at all is to say, think cause and effect rather than an active act by God.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But if and if you can't do that, like if you're stuck, like where David is, That well, but God made that system, and so it's still God's fault? Okay, so go to the law of this country is that if you commit treason, capital punishment is the result. Yes? Can we all agree on that? Yes. yes. I, not that we like it, I'm just saying. Right. In this country, if you are proven to be a traitor, the punishment is death. Does that automatically mean every single thing that that person did as part of their traitorous behavior was completely evil? No. No. It doesn't. They might have been acting out of pure patriotic
2: intention.
1: But there is a law that says even if you are a patriot, even if you believe this is what is best for the United States of America, you can't shoot Donald Trump. Oh,
2: God. So
1: (laughs) even if you, right, let's say you believe that's the best thing is to remove whoever the president is from office. You're not allowed by law to kill that person because that, we've decided, gets you death. Now, does that in any way compromise the motives of the shooter? That's what we're dealing with here, I think. Right? I'm not arguing for or against. But those of you who are going, how can that be? That's how it can be. That the motivation for the action is good. But the law says you can't do that. And without the law, without the consequence... Now, everybody can commit treason. That's why we have it. That's why we have capital punishment as the absolute highest deterrent of the thing we are most afraid of dissolving our democratic society. Can we agree on that? Mm-hmm. That's what this is. God is, the, God is the king, which is the civic ruler. If you commit treason against the king... By definition, you have forfeited your life. There's no other way a society can function unless the consequences
2: that we have set out as the law are applied. There's an age-old philosophical argument about do the ends justify the means. In this case, I think it's an argument that they do. No. It's the opposite?
1: Yes. So the ends were just. I mean, the means, the means were just, but the end wasn't. Their goal was wrong. The goal was to threaten Aaron. But the means by which they were doing it were legitimate means. The consequences are unfortunate. Yeah.
0: You know, and I can bring this into the present day, maybe 20 years ago, and I think her name was Ellie Ness, her child had been molested, long period of time and then she went to court and saw
2: the molester and she killed him. Now she had to go to jail and she knew she would go to jail
1: but her intention was to shoot and kill. Her intention was protection and revenge for the son but yet she knew this is
2: our our law. We, I got to go to jail, and so yes. I mean that's just what
1: this. And is. lots of people have been willing, and we can even flip it around. Look at Chana Semesh, right? She dropped in behind enemy lines to free other people, knowing if she were caught, she was going against German law. She knew the consequences, and they did it anyway. How many people do we lift up as heroes?
2: they because broke
1: the because law and did it anyway because of their intention their intention was good but they broke the law they knew what that meant death and would we say laws shouldn't be upheld um, and certainly there are mitigating circumstances i don't want to spend too much longer on this because i want to move on but but the idea but i think this I, what i love about this is that it is not black and white That's what I love about it. The dissonance is what I love. On the altar where you will offer your, and let's not say sacrifice, on the altar where you will offer your what? Whatever. Your offering. Your offering, your korbanot, your attempts to draw close to me. In, on the place where you are, remember korban doesn't mean sacrifice. That's an English word. Korban is is the is the drawing close so where you will bring those things that draw you close to me this is going to be an oath on that place
0: so you'll always remember Amen.
1: what are you supposed to remember
0: is it about the if you're not
1: going to stay with the altar don't take me off we'll come back no what is this an oath for this moment of intimacy between the people and god korban offerings what is the oath
0: the to Intimacy.
1: What's no, 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 the sign? The What's it, it doing there?
0: To remember all the people who perished?
1: Why? Because they were pure
0: in their offering. No, no, to, keep no to keep
1: you from doing, from keep you what, doing they what they did. When you bring your offerings, yes. when you become intimate with me, yes. when you draw close to me, be very, very the careful.
2: What,
1: what your intention what most, is. Yes. You may think this is kosher, this is fine, this is what God wants. Be very, very careful. Check here, right, I mean, if we're going to bring this into what does it mean to us, be very careful that this is not about wanting power, wanting control. I'm closer to God than you are, right? We see this with how kosher do you keep, yeah. Yeah. right? Who's hexer? Sure? Like people in the you know, observant community ask each other which Hexher sure they use, like meaning, because mine is I have a higher standard, and so I obviously am closer to God's will than you are, right? So be very careful. When you're getting involved with your relationship with me, be very careful because here is a reminder mm-hmm. of what happens when we get carried away with what we think needs to be happening, right? Mm-hmm. And it needs to be about what I think is the proper order of things. Be reminded, it's very dangerous.
2: No matter how close don't, you don't think you know. are.
0: Where Moses sets this up, he tells the two hundred and fifty who are the the bed, "Bring your fire things."
2: Mm-hmm. Okay.
0: Moses knows exactly what's going mm-hmm. to happen. The two hundred and fifty. But Moses is God's. In this case, God's angel.
1: No. no, I'm going to say I, yeah. I, you could read it that. I'm going to say just for because I'm there this year. No. Moshe is not acting as God's agent. Moshe is or if you want to say in a broad sense, yes, because he knows Aaron is the proper choice. God has chosen Aaron. He's the agent. So Moshe but it's not on behalf of God. It's not God saying anything to Moses. Moses is saying, y'all want to y'all want to contest Aaron? You want to contest God's will? Go for it. Go ahead. Bring your fire pans. Bring it on. You want it? Bring it. We'll see what happens tomorrow. Hmm. At, right? And that's what happens.
2: So God
0: is just a passive. Force.
1: In some ways, I believe God has passive. God has made the rules clear, and then God is.
0: God is saying,
2: "Don't, don't, don't look at me! God didn't do this." Rules. Okay.
1: So I want to answer because you have to go. I'm going to give this to you.
2: I gotta go home and get
1: my fire pan <laughs> <laughs> for your torture uh, session. Yeah, be careful what you do with it. Thank you, Sheldon. Thank you, Sheldon. Um, so, oh, okay, just just go. I don't know if it's here because I don't know if it's here. But it's but it's about. Um, it's also about. Okay, we'll, we'll get there. I've got it here somewhere. All right, because I want to go on to the next. <clears throat> this is great, but like, wow, we are behind.
0: For a change.
1: La, 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 la. Okay. Go to 16. 17, 16. We have another incident where the people freak out. God says remove yourselves from this community so I can annihilate them. It gets bad. Then there's a the plague. That's pretty bad. Aaron stops the plague, but a bunch of bunch of bunch of people die. All right. So those who died of the plague came to 14,700 aside from those who died on account of Korach. So this is getting really really messy. Right? The people just don't seem to get it right even after they watch the earth swallow these people and even after they watch the 250 people obliterated they still right are agitated they're still freaking out they're still whatever and so finally this plague happens Aaron stops the plague and now we're going to get like the kind of finish 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 to the whole business to the whole thing let's look at the finish 16 17
0: 16 I spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the Israelite people and take from them, from the chieftains of their ancestral houses, one staff for each chieftain of an ancestral house, twelve staffs in all. Inscribe each one's name on his staff, there being one staff for each head of an ancestral house. It seems sort of repetition. Yeah, I'm having that. <laughs> also, inscribe Aaron's name on the staff of Levi. Deposit them in the tent of meeting before the pact, where I shall meet with you. The staff of the candidate whom I shall I choose shall sprout, and I will rid myself of the insistent mutterings of the Israelites <laughs> against
1: you. Okay, so God says to Moshe, now this is about God. God is saying this one. This is clearly initiated by God. Speak to the Israelite people and take from them, from the chieftains of their ancestral houses. What are you going to take? One staff for each chieftain of an ancestral house, 12 staffs in all. So we have a mate. God says, get a mate from each one of the heads of the tribes. All right. Where have we seen a mate before? People, my people. Where where have we seen a Mata? Tell me, you know something about Mata. Tell me. Moses. Yes. So Moses has one, doesn't he? Aaron has one. Yeah, I just heard it. Think way back. Who else had one? Go way back. Go to Genesis. it was used as a form of identification Judah in what story Judah and Tamar do you remember when he sleeps with Tamar he doesn't have any sheep with him for money oh, right. so he sleeps with Tamar and what does he do he's hiring her as a prostitute right. he gives her his staff and his seal yes. right. yes. <clears throat> yes. so the Midrash says it is the very same mate ooh alright but that's a story for another time okay so take a mate so but what we know from the Judah story is that the mate seems to be a very it's like your driver's license Right. Right. It was identified with you. It was a means of identifying you. If I have this mate and it says Amy Rose on it, right, it's mine and, right, so it's, it's a symbol of me, of my identity. Alright, so that's what each, each head of the tribe is supposed to do, bring their mate with their name on it, their driver's license, and what are they supposed to do with it? They are, right, and inscribe Aaron's on the staff of the tribe of Levi. So now Aaron is the head of the tribe of Levi. So what is this a contest about? This is not just a contest about who should be high priest, is it? All of the political heads are to bring their matot. Aaron is bringing one for the tribe of Levi. So now what is this a contest about? To finish the whole thing, what are we ending with? Huh? Head of the whole tribe. He's the un he will be the uncontested leader for Levi. That means all the Levites, all the priests, all the everybody. He's not only high priest, we just saw that with the fire pan business. Right. He was he was vindicated, but he's also gonna be now.
2: Head of the
1: Civil authority. Right, head of the whole thing. Okay? Deposit them in the tent of meeting before the pact. What do you have? What's your translation of that? <laughs> what's a what's yeah. A edut Ah. So, a da is congregation. What is aid? Witness. Yes, witness. A dude right? Is what flows from a witness. What comes from a witness? A testimony. testimony. That lovely English word from testes. Yeah. I try to avoid it when I can. Um, It brings now unpleasant images. All right. So, you know, if I lie, may my everything rot. I don't know. So, all right. A dude witness. What comes from the aid is a dude testimony. So what is it that's in the tent of meeting? That's a dude. What's the testimony that these stats are being put in front of? Do, 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 do. What's in What's in there?
0: We have the altar
1: now that's covered with that's going to be covered with this amazing oat. What else is in there? That's not an adude, but that's not an abstract concept. You're going to put the stabs before the testimony. What else is in there? Come on, y'all. The ten That's why Look ten behind you. Ten Torah. The,
0: the Torah. ark.
1: What's the in ark. the ark? The 10 commandments. Thank you. What's the testimony?
0: The rules.
1: The, the rules. law. The rules. The stories. The history. The morals. The ethics. The values of our people. Put the stabs before that before the laws how our society's going to be cuz they're not there yet they're not in Israel yet right but but they've got the they've got the rules to govern that holy society okay put the staffs before that as witness if you will then what happens that's the place i meet with you where does God meet with Moshe? Where does God speak to Moshe from? Do you remember? From between the two cherubs. Cherubs, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. Over the ark are two kruvim. Two scary angels. They are not chubby little babies with arrows. The Kruvim are these huge, winged, scary things. They're in every single ancient temple in the universe. Something scary to say, if you don't belong here, right, get out. right? So here are the Kruvim over the ark. It is from between the Kruvim that God's voice speaks to Moshe. That is where you're going to put those staffs before the testimony right below the place where I speak to you okay the staff of the man whom I choose shall sprout and I will rid myself of the incessant mutterings of the Israelites against you okay too bad that never happened yeah. Jews, Jews stopping muttering against their leaders
2: please
1: yeah right <laughs> It continues to define the Jewish people. Okay, uh, (laughs) 21, Rita.
0: Moses spoke thus to the Israelites. Their chieftains gave them a staff for each chieftain of an ancestral house, twelve staffs in all. Among these staffs was that of Aaron. Moses deposited the staff before Adonai in the tent of the pact. The next day, Moses entered the tent of the pact, and there was the staff of Aaron of the house of Levi had sprouted it had brought forth sprouts produced blossoms and bore almonds Moses then brought out all the staffs from before Adonai to all the Israelites each identified and recovered his staff okay go ahead Okay. what happens then Adonai said to Moses put Aaron's staff back before the pack to be kept as a lesson to rebels so that their mutterings against me may cease Lest they die. This Moses did, just as Adonai had commanded, so he did.
1: And then the people calmed down and everything was great and they were happy, right?
0: <laughs> <laughs> what happens
1: at 27?
0: But the Israelites said to Moses, Lo, we perish. We are lost. All of us lost. Everyone who so much as ventured near Adonai's tabernacle must die. Alas, we are doomed to perish.
1: Okay, there goes our Israelites. Right? yeah all right so
0: but I want I want to go
1: back we're going to go back so um so I've, can I keep you a little bit longer yeah, yeah. a little bit longer okay um, so the matin the the staffs get put in the ground and in the morning what happened oh my goodness Aaron. the next day Moshe enters the tent of the pact and there the staff of Aaron of the house of Levi had sprouted Almond. it had brought forth Sprouts, this is important. It brought forth sprouts, produced blossoms, and bore almonds.
0: Without water. Without water.
1: Well, and even if there had been water, it's a dead staff. Right? Like. How- if, if you take a stick and you stick it in water, yeah, like I mean, unless it's dead. an orchid, <laughs> which I just don't get, I just don't get that. Like they, I can't they're like dead, dead, and then and they right. like, then colossi- right. I don't know. But, alright, so, so, shakade. What is a shakade? Right. Almond tree. What do we know about the almond tree? They
2: need lots of water.
1: (laughs) They need lots of water, okay? They're nutritious. It was one of the most prized fruits of the land of Israel were almonds. High in, like, good protein and fats, all that good stuff for you. Almonds are, in Israel, a symbol of, like, the... Amazing produce of the land, the way the land can support you and support your people, like all that stuff. Okay, so tell me about Tu I was gonna say
0: there's a song that you remember as a kid The almond tree is blossoming and everything's starting to grow.
1: Hashaket Porachat. The almond tree is blossoming, everything is starting to grow. Why does the song go like that? Why doesn't it say the trees are blossoming? Everything is growing because the almond tree is the first tree to bloom in Israel.
2: Starting okay, So it's the beginning of spring.
1: When the almond tree blossoms, you know, even though you can't see it, you know everything else is growing. Sorry. Um, so the, the, Tu Bishvat celebrates when all of the rain has fallen and the sap has begun to rise in the trees in Israel. The first tree that shows evidence of sap rising is the almond tree. That you can tap first and you see the sap, right? So, so it's also gonna blossom first. Okay. So there's something here about something that is eager to come to life. Something that is eager, right, to, to blossom, right? It's a, an appropriate choice for this sign, this, right, this miracle that's gonna happen. The other thing is that this verb, when this is a verb, it is about vigilance. Being vigilant, alert, and attentive. Wow. Now, talk to me about why. So, how does this relate to Aaron's, this miracle of Aaron's staff sprouting? People should be vigilant alert, and and attentive attentive to signs of authority, leadership, legitimacy and and or it is a sign that Aaron is vigilant alert and attentive, eager to serve God. That this is a a proof, if you will, evidence that that Aaron and his sons are attentive and eager and ready to serve the divine yeah all right so we, we were told not only that that it's it's sprouted it did more than sprout right so read to me the Hebrew produce blossoms I'll write it in transliteration he Okay, parach. But do, do me the other one. Parach is flower. We have something other than flower. Vayat Vayatzeits. Vaya seats. Vaya I don't know how to do this. Vayatzeits. seats. So the verb of the noun. Parach is flower, so we're going to get it to flower. But what's going to happen before it flowers? We're going to get, and it, and it, and it um, budded buds, <laughs> right? The verb, which we don't have in English, maybe we do, I'm not a botanist, and it budded, bud. the teats, right? Are hopefully already your lights are going off somewhere, I hope. I hope, right? Are some starting to go back here? No, not yet? Okay, hang with me. Alright, so first of all, where do we see these? We see the calyx. Do you like that I know that word? Yeah. The calyx and the blossom. Aha!
0: Uh-huh.
1: Yes! The calyx and the blossom of the almond tree. We see on the menorah. Oh, no. In the temple. That's gorgeous. <laughs> Isn't that gorgeous? Yeah. I'm so glad you think so. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> so, lest we think it's a random decoration, yeah. God forbid. God. Right? The calyx is that green thing right. that's around the flower. holds
2: it.
1: That holds it. It's usually green. Right? And each piece of that has a name that I have not retained. Okay, so so both the calyx and the blossom are on the menorah. The seats. is so so. Aaron is going to be lighting the menorah. Yes. Yes. So when his staff sprouts, right, it, it is appropriate that it has the. It's the fruit that the image of which is on the menorah that he's going to now light regularly, he and his sons, eternally. Yes, beautiful. Okay, but we're not done. What does Aaron wear on his forehead? Yeah, you got to think back to Numbers. You got to think. I mean, to Leviticus. Come on, come on. You can do it. that would be a very busy thing to put on your forehead, Ten Commandments. He wears
0: something here, not spilling. What does it say
1: here? Kadosh La Adonai, set apart for God. What is this thing called that he wears on his forehead? You ready?
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Seats is what Aaron wears. On his forehead, that says, Kadosh La'adonai, set aside for God. So again, this is not random, that it is blossoming, it's tzitzing,
0: <laughs>
1: and pereach and flowering, right? They, these are images that will be associated with the service of Aaron and his sons for all eternity. Yes. He's going to wear the tzitz on his head that says, I serve the divine. That is what my service is about. I need to remember that, me, Aaron, that I am set aside for God's purposes, not my own purposes. And who am I doing that on behalf of? Everyone else. Right. He's the conduit. He's the conduit. He's doing this for everybody else. So that their relationship with God will be right and true and good and whatever, right? Okay, so now go, Lisa. <laughs> now go. Where'd you go? Once I started talking about this cheats business, where'd you go?
0: In front of, with, in, in front of his eyes.
1: Yeah, but where'd you go after you said something else? What
0: did I say? I forgot. I said teep I did it. Yes, you did. I did it. Sarah? Because that's what... And the sign. What?
1: That's what women have. Yes. What?
0: Seat,
1: seat. Seat, seat. Yes. Tell me more.
2: Breasts.
0: Ah.
1: Titulach. <stocks> <pretty> right. <natural. handling> You're What's hanging out? Right. Or down, as a case. No. And it provides. <gasps> Nourishment and food for babies, for children, right? For everybody who's coming, right? The, the women's t right? Provides nourishment. Beautiful. Beautiful.
2: And they grow naturally. They don't have to get them from someplace.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay. If, if, if you live
1: in L.A., they come. Of lots of different kinds of sources and do not necessarily grow naturally, but you know as soon as you hug somebody, exactly. right. So, so the the tzitz is here for Aaron. And the tzitzit, Sarah's gonna argue for us is let us remember we are here to feed others, right? And men traditionally wear tzitzit. Right. So in that sense, we're, and we now, all of us have the opportunity to wear tzitzit. Where do we wear tzitzit now? With our talit. So when we put on a talit and we see those tzitzit, what now, put it all together, what are we supposed to be reminded of?
0: Huh? That we
1: are set aside for divine purposes. And it is not in order to serve ourselves. But to serve all of those around us, the entire community, all of humanity, all of the species who are dependent on our choice of behavior, what we do and what we don't do. We are priests. We are an Am Kadosh. And in that, I wish you were here. That is part of the story of what it means to us today that the fire, I believe, that the fire pans are Kadosh. Challenge is not always a bad thing, right? It's not always a bad thing to say that we don't believe this is the right way to do it. We believe that this is, like, it needs to be different. It needs to be changed. That instinct is kadosh. But let's be very careful how we challenge, how we shake things up. Let's be very careful that we do that respectfully, respectfully, right that we i mean i think the learning there is that they are kadosh because it's not a bad thing to challenge the status quo that in itself is kadosh but let us take out our tti and remember her right how we're supposed to behave even in the midst of a challenge right and i think about that in our political environment today i look around us and i see the way we talk to each other People are, are taking Facebook off of their phones because they can't stand the tone and tenor of the conversation anymore. It's not even what people are saying; it's how they're demonizing each other and dismissing each other. And that, that is the, the tzitzit tells us. Even if I want to challenge the way things are, let me be very and the and the and the tzitzit relate back to this, the flowering. Let us. Be sure it's about life and flowering and blossoming and nourishment and not about a hunger for power and authority and winning and having it my way and me being right and I told you so. No,
2: it's just saying what you're saying. It's really about really checking your own motives.
1: It's about checking.
2: Where, what you're, what, what's my motive?
1: You know? Am I just reacting or am I going kind to of run it through myself and kind of go, oh, this is an end of it? Yeah. Exactly. In the words of Rabbi Goldstein at City Shul in Toronto, you'll get it, so don't worry about following right now. The text says that God commanded these hammered on fire pans to be an oat, a sign forever. And then tells us about we have the rainbow, Shabbat, Brit Milah, right, as oats. But this is a sign of something negative, something like a museum to failed rebellion, these fire pans in the Mishkan. Drop down to the very bottom paragraph on page one. There's a back, there's a backside. So page one, bottom paragraph. Two reminders in the face of the Israelites to stop their whining. The destroyed and misshapen fire pans which had been almost melted by God and now get attached. He says to the side of the tabernacle, I don't know what that means. It's, that's not what I read. As a kind of weird decoration, a warning at the same time. And the flowering staff of Aaron, which is the opposite. Life itself, blossoming from hardship and symbolizing a leadership not weighed down by those who would rather yell than discuss rebel than dialogue, overtake and convince and connive rather than democratically discuss and hear and listen. These are then, our pasha suggests, two opposite ways of being in community, the fire pan way of infighting and nitpicking and always questioning and being a negative influence, which literally melts down a community, or the almond-bearing staff way, the flowering that results from constructive discussion, from the open-minded sharing of differing opinions, from the soul-searching that comes after a failed experiment, from the respect for leadership that good leadership engenders. I'm always working toward our community being the second kind, and I hope you are as well. So this Shabbat of Korach, may we, as Jonah says, check our intentions. And may we have the strength and the courage to stand up and challenge what we see as not okay. But may we do that with respect. May we do that with the intention to bring holiness to ourselves, to our community, and ultimately to increase the possibility of a right relationship between humanity and the divine.